What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Sports Ethos Chicago Bulls coverage show. I am your host, Keith Cork, and I am joined, as always, by my friend and uh, good buddy and fellow Bulls fan, Mr. Trey Hill. And it is trade deadline day, Trey. Um, trade deadline day has come and gone. Uh, lots and lots of movement in the league, which we're going to cover all of that here today. Um, but the Bulls, they stand pat. Zero moves. Does that surprise you at all? A little but not a lot. I feel like I, I didn't see any moves that happened today where I was like, well, where where were the Bulls with Derek Jones Jr.? Or, where you know, where were the Bulls with Troy Brown Jr.? There, to me, it, it just didn't seem like there was anything that the Bull – I didn't see anything that I was mad the Bulls didn't pull the trigger on. Um, I know a lot of years we, we would give Garpax a lot of crap for saying things like, Oh, well, Mike Dunleavy coming back from injury, that's our trade deadline win. Uh, I remember that one year. And, yeah. I, you know, I don't want to give the, you know, I, I hate doing the, well, we have injured guys and they're coming back, so that's our trade deadline win. But when, when you have so many starting caliber players injured, I, I think it's fair for the front office to come out and say, we like this team when they're healthy, they're just not healthy. Uh, yeah, and that's pretty much what Arturis said. I was actually going to get – I'm trying to find the exact quote here, but uh, Arturis did give a very Garpax line um, along those lines, Trey, which I was kind of – I kind of found a little funny because uh, if it was is Garpax, um, you know, we kind of give them a little guff like you said. Uh, here it is if I can get all these pop-ups to go away. Um, why is this pop-up? Can I just block you? I, I will say, though, as you're, as you're getting the pop, doing the pop-up fight – if it was Garpax, Garpax wouldn't have the team in place that Karnashovas has. So to get to get some leeway, you have to earn it, and Garpax hadn't earned any for a while. So do, do you have the quote ready? Yeah, I do. Words are words are words. I mean, it, it is what it is. Um, I did have it. Uh, oh, gosh. Now I just freaking lost it again. <laughs> I'm sorry. Hold on one second. I've got it here. Uh, it's somewhere in here. Um it, but anyways, it was along the lines of uh, – here we go. I think it reflects that we like this group, Karnasova said uh, when asked about standing pat. Head coach Billy Donovan obviously said it all along. We're just waiting for guys to come back from injuries to get this group together because we had a short sample of 16 games where most of our guys were healthy. That doesn't include Patrick. In those 16 games, we were top five in offense and defense, so we looked like we w- – looked like – so we liked – but we looked like when everyone was healthy. Hopefully we'll get this group back and see what we can do. So uh, he didn't name people. He didn't say, you know, hey, we're acquiring uh, this specific person or anything like that. I don't think he did anything like that. Um, but, you know, it, it is a little bit of a Garpax line there. It's like, hey, we're getting guys back and that's going to be our trade deadline. I did want them to add, um, you know, we've been talking about adding a big body. I think it's still possible in the buyout market. We'll talk about that at the end of this show, too. Um, but uh a little disappointed, like you said, a little disappointed. I'm not su- super surprised. 
Um, I did think, you know, they're going to make a move in the margins if they did anything. I think the one thing they had, like you said, was the Derrick Jones Jr. contract. I think from what I saw from the trades today, uh, other teams just had more to give, um, just better offers out there for for guys. Uh, I, you know, uh, we'll, we'll go through these trades one by one trade and just kind of analyze them and, and give our little takes on what the Bulls, uh, how this affects the Bulls. But uh, some of the guys I had on my list ended up getting traded today. And um, I just think the teams, again, just had better offers than what we, what we had to give. What do you think? Yeah, because it comes down to to get something, you have to give something. And I think the Bulls, uh, you know, wanted to see what this group can do in terms of the core players. So they weren't really looking to move anyone with, you know, a lot of talent to be able to bring in some real talent. So to me, it was always going to be a margins move. Uh, I saw Daniel Tice got moved for Schroeder. I was kind of disappointed we weren't able to bring Tice back. You know, a big like that, I think, would be a nice stretch for us. Mm -hmm. But... There, you know, that we didn't have a point guard to, to offer like Schroeder. Yeah. So, you know, it's just one of those things. We didn't have the pieces on the margin trades that I did like. And I, I would much prefer to hang on to our guys and see what we've got rather than, say, package them together to get Sabonis out of Indiana, you know, who's now a king. We would have had to top Halliburton and Heald. And I, I would, you know, the Bulls could do that, but I mm-hmm. wouldn't have wanted the Bulls to do that. Yeah, um, and I'm absolutely stoked that we didn't uh, end up trading Patrick Williams for a Jeremy Grant or or a Harrison Barnes or something like that, as some people were suggesting. I just was not a, a fan of that. You weren't either, I know. So um, just absolutely stoked. You are listening to the Sports Ethos Chicago Bulls show here. Uh, listeners, please take a moment to go follow at Ethos Fantasy BK on Twitter, the single most dominant basketball and fantasy news feed on earth. Get all your NBA news in one handy Twitter feed. It's faster than the competition and provides more analysis, too. Again, that's at Ethos Fantasy BK on Twitter. Go follow it now. Um, yeah, I, I uh, was actually on Trey, uh, the Sports Ethos trade deadline special, which is more of a fantasy oriented show uh, earlier, but uh, we were breaking these things down as they happen. I know you were at work, so you didn't get a chance to really uh, you know, break this down in real time. So you're gonna, some of these are going to be news to you, but we're going to go chronologically. We're going to go from the first uh, trade and then just kind of go from there just, just in time. Uh, so the first trade that broke this morning was uh, a four-teamer, which was kind of surprising. It was Detroit, uh, LA Clippers, Milwaukee Bucks, and Sacramento Kings. Detroit received Marvin Bagley, uh, from Sacramento, the Clippers received Semi Ojale and Rodney Hood. Uh, Milwaukee received Serge Ibaka and two for future second round picks and cash considerations. And Sacramento received uh, Dante DiVincenzo and Josh Jackson, Josh Jackson and Trey Lyles. Off the top of my head, man, I'm gonna let you tell me what you think here too. But let me let you digest it a little bit. I thought the Kings knocked it out of the park here. I really felt like they needed to add. Um, a defensive backcourt guy. Uh, I think Davion Mitchell is fantastic in that in that respect, but uh, they needed more just just length and athleticism in that backcourt. So I think Dante DiVincenzo is a real hold run for them. I love what the Kings have done to reshape their roster. To be honest with you, uh, I know I gave them some guff at, at trading Tyrese Halliburton for Devonta Sabonis. I think getting rid of Halliburton is really tough to swallow. Um, but what, what do you think, man? Kings, how are you feeling about their their uh, trade deadline here? I like what the Kings have done. I I was on a a different podcast with a a Kings fan, and he was pretty upset that they traded Halliburton. But by the end of the podcast, he kind of settled on, well, Sabonis is good. He's only 25, which to me, the Kings being able to trade, it sucks to trade Halliburton, but it's not like you're trading Halliburton for a guy who's 29. 
you 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 know Sabonis is 25, Fox is going to be getting ready to be 24. So they stayed, you know, they stayed in that same time frame. I I like the team they're building, but with the four teamer, I really like Marvin Bagley on the Pistons, and I I really liked Ibaka on the Bucks. Those were the two winners of the trade for me. I think Ibaka is great, Brooke Lopez insurance, um, and he's just another big to throw out there around Giannis for for playmaker Giannis to have fun with. Um, the few Bucks games I've seen with Divincenzo, I feel like he's about a year away from that, you know, getting back from that injury, which that's you know that's not going to hurt the Kings too much. And I really like Marvin Bagley on the Pistons because I like what the Pistons are building with this kind of everyone is six six or taller. We we're kind of interchangeable. I just I want them to get one of these big centers in the draft. Um, but for this four teamer, I think I think I've got Bucks one, Pistons two, Kings three, and then Clippers four. Yeah, I, um, I like Serge Ibaka on the, on the Bucks too. I think, uh, you know, as far as the Bulls implications, we'll talk about that in a minute here. But um, I, I think it just it does make them stronger uh, because, like you said, Brooke Lopez, I don't think he – I think there's a, a good chance he doesn't come back this season. And they're going to need a, need Serge Ibaka in the playoffs um, as a, just a big body to throw out there for 10 to 15 minutes. He can get blocks. He's looked a little bit like Serge Ibaka light uh, in the last you know week or two, which is, is fine. I mean, that's, you know, in that kind of role – for the Milwaukee Bucks, I think that's 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 good, and that that works for them. They also have two future seconds there, so uh, pretty good for them. Marvin Bagley, yeah, interesting. I'm interested to see what happens hitting the reset button in Detroit. I think everyone pretty much guessed that you know they'd want to hit the reset button for him, so I hope it works out for him. I think it, it's worth it for Detroit to take a flyer on him and see see what they got and see what happens. I mean, his contract's up at the end of the season, so. Um, you know, we'll see if he's <clears throat> able, they're able to resign him or not, or even if they want to, uh, if he doesn't play well for them, they might not want to, but, uh, they didn't really give up anything of note here to, uh, have that chance to give up Josh Jackson and Trey Lyles, uh, which really probably weren't in their future plans. So, uh, I think it's a good, good trade all around. Makes a lot of sense for everybody. Um, let's talk about bulls implications though. Uh, obviously if the bulls do end up, uh, I did see earlier on Twitter, somebody's posited, you know, the bulls could fall to seventh or eighth and end up facing the Milwaukee bucks in the first round. Serge Ibaka, more length. That's going to be tough for us, man. I think uh, that does make that Bucks team stronger. So that's not good for the Bulls, right? It's not, but I, I don't believe Mark K. I don't think he's right. And <laughs> so I wasn't going to say his name, but yeah, go ahead. I don't. Oh, yeah, I'll call him out by name. Mark K, you are wrong. We are not <laughs> facing the Bucks in the first round. We will not have to worry about the play-in, but we might see the Bucks in the second round. And Ibaka being an addition, you know, that's that's something to worry about. Um, if it was, you know, looking at this trade specifically, would I rather face the Bucks with Dante or with Ibaka? I'd rather face them with Dante. So, you know, the Bucks got stronger. They they were my title favorite at the beginning of the year. They're still my title favorite now, and this just kind of strengthens that for me. Marvin Bagley, that was one of your guys that you thought uh, the Bulls might want to take a flyer on. You, I know you mentioned him a few times. So uh, a little upset that the Bulls didn't uh, end up with him, or do you think? I mean. We didn't want to give up anything for him, right? We were hoping to get him just for basically nothing. Yeah, and the, like you said, the Kings were looking for kind of a defensive-oriented guard. That The Bulls were more looking to give up fringe assets and maybe, you know, future first, whereas the Kings were – the Kings are looking to get into that – into the playoffs. They want to break the longest playoff drought in sports history. That That is their goal, and future first, that, that simply wasn't going to get it done for Bagley. 
All right, so let's move on to the next trade of the day, which was the uh, Toronto Raptors and the Spurs. Uh, I like this one too, man. The Raptors, uh, they get Thaddeus Young, another Bulls guy, another Bulls target for us. Uh, they get Drew, Drew Eubanks, who they actually waived uh, shortly after. And they also got a 2022 second round pick uh, via Detroit. The Spurs received Goran Dragic, who are they, they are going, they, either they waived him already or they're going to waive him. Uh, and they also got a 2022 first round pick, uh, which is lottery protected. Uh, man, I, I, this, I like this both sides too. Uh, Thaddeus Son, obviously, we, we know what he brings. Uh, the, the Raptors absolutely desperately needed depth. They were looking for a center to be rumored. Um, I'm surprised, a little bit surprised that they waived Drew Eubanks, but um, I think Thaddeus Son gives them what they need anyways, and he can play you know a little bit of small ball five also. Uh, he played five for the Bulls quite a bit when he was here. So um, talk to me about the Raptors. What do you think about the Raptors here? Uh, you like it for them? I I happened to be on break when this trade hit. So I was on my phone and I loved this trade when it hit because at first it looked like there was a good chance that young might just end up getting bought out. Mm-hmm. And then I saw that the, the Spurs got a first round pick for him. And then I was like, well, nope, he's, yeah. he's on the Raptors <laughs> for good then. Yeah. So I think it really helps the Raptors. Uh, Thad Young's playmaking from the big position, I think is his most underrated trait. And the Raptors have all of those guys, you know, again, they're another one of those teams where they have all of this size and all of this length. And Thad Young is just going to fit right in. He's going to be able, Nick Nurse runs some complicated defensive schemes, but Thad Young is going to be able to come in. He's going to communicate and he's going to, he, he will be able to slide in and play and not screw things up. It excellent trade for the Raptors. I am, the Spurs are clearly looking to reload and to rebuild. And I think yeah. it's great for them to be able to get a first round pick out of this yeah. for Thad Young. Yeah, they give up uh, Thad Young and Drew Eubanks, who really weren't in the rotation at all. Uh, Eubanks was getting minutes here and there, but Thad was obviously not playing at all. And they get a first for that. So that's that's a big win for the Spurs. If you're a Spurs fan, you got to be pretty pretty happy about that. Um, I don't know about the future protections in that pick or when it converts or, or what happens there, but uh, I have to imagine any kind of first-round pick for for those guys is, is a big win for them. So uh, works for both sides, I think. Thaddeus Young, yeah. Uh, obviously, as far as bull, Bulls implications go, that was one of our guys who wanted. We needed him to be traded and then waived, which obviously, like you said, not going to happen. They give him a first-round pick for him. And But what this does tell me, Trey, is it tells me the Toronto Raptors are serious and they're making a bid to win this season, man. They they want to um, push the gas pedal and, and really try to make some waves in the playoffs this year, which scares me, man. This is a scary team. I've said it before. I don't like matching up against the Cavs or the, or the Raptors. Those are two of the scariest teams uh, outside of the top teams in the East, I think that the Bulls can match up with. So if the Bulls end up like in a six-three matchup or something with the Toronto Raptors, um, that Thaddeus Young play—I mean, that's gonna that's gonna come in clutch, right? That's gonna be uh, does it just make them all the stronger, right? Yeah, that worries me. The Raptors are eight and two in their last ten games. Siakam's been playing like an all-star since he's gotten back, and yeah. we both like this team coming into the season. I think they're gonna be significantly better than either one of us even thought. Yeah, and. I, I am worried about seeing them in the first round. I think they match up well against the Bulls, and I think Nurse would would run a lot of crazy defensive schemes to confuse Demar and Zach. And as strong as those two play, they're not elite playmakers. So if you're running things to confuse them and you're making them have to process things, you know, if we waste four possessions a game because of that, that's you know that's four possessions, and in, in close games that that could matter. So to me, the great trade for the Raptors. As a Bulls fan, it just makes me worry about seeing them that much more. 
Raptors got stronger. Raptors got stronger. Bucks got stronger. So we're already we're already uh, both in sync there. Um, Goran Dragic also involved in this trade. That's a name that we're going to be talking about later. He is a uh, again either been waived or he's rumored to be waived soon. Uh, there are uh, rumors that the Bulls are interested in getting him. So uh, we'll t- we'll talk about that in a I bit. Thought though. I saw I thought I saw Mark Stein or SI said he was basically a Maverick. Um. I would have said yeah, but we'll we'll talk about that too because uh, we've got the Mavericks obviously made some moves today too, and I just don't think he fits. But um, we can talk about that in a minute here. Okay, next trade we can kind of just breeze over this one. Uh, Boston gets a future second round pick, and they get some cap relief in giving up Bol Bol and PJ Dozier. Uh, not really any implications here, Trey. I think we can just move on. Uh, next trade uh, we have the. Brooklyn Nets, the big one of the day, <laughs> the Brooklyn Nets. The trade. The trade, uh, the headliner. Uh, Brooklyn Nets receive Ben Simmons, Seth Curry, Andre Drummond, a 2022 first-round pick unprotected, and a 2027 first-round pick, which is protected. I don't know the exact protections on it. I can't see that here. Um, and Philadelphia, they get James Harden and <laughs> Paul Millsap, <laughs> who I assume they're going to I don't know. Maybe buyout. I don't know. Uh, he's maybe a buyout candidate as well. But they get their guy in James Harden. Um, big win for both teams. I think. I this is a weird situation. I, so I think it's. I, I, here's. Let me slow down a minute. Here's what I think. I think uh, Daryl Morey thankfully got fleeced in this in a vacuum. But I think if you look at it in the macro sense, this works out for both teams. Daryl Morey gets his guy James Harden because you can't waste. Uh, I think that Brooklyn had all the leverage here. You can't waste what Joel Embiid is doing on the basketball court right now, Trey. He's playing like an MVP man, right? Yeah, and that's that's why I'm I'm okay with it and why I'll push back about about you saying Maury getting fleeced. I think you we don't know how long how many years we're going to have of Embiid like this. Because we saw he he didn't play what his first two years, I think it was. So to me, I I know Ben Simmons' age, like that kind of lined up better with Embiid. But to me, if you can get 85% of prime Harden to go with Embiid for the next two years, three years, I to me, that's a win. Especially when two weeks ago, three weeks ago, a month ago, you heard a lot of people saying that they needed to trade Ben Simmons for like Harrison, a package around Harrison Barnes and Buddy Heald. There was all of this stress that they weren't going to be able to trade Ben Simmons for a star, and they were able to do just that. And I don't think this trade happens if Portland doesn't trade C.J. McCollum to the Pelicans, freeing up all that cap space and being a threat to sign Harden in the offseason. I think that was the catalyst to get this trade done, because I think Brooklyn was scared Harden would leave. Yeah, but I, th- I still think – so here's um, – let me back up to, to the fleecing comment. So Ben Simmons, you, you give up Ben Simmons, you know, whatever. He's not even playing for you, so you can't even really consider that loss. But I'm looking at Seth Curry and I'm looking at Andre Drummond because Seth Curry, 41% three-point shooter for, me for the year, um, you know, 15 points a game. I mean, this is actually a real loss for the for the Sixers, I think, and and this was one of the sticking points in their conversations. Well, it was that Matisse Thybul. They end up keeping Matisse Thybul, so I thought that was a big win for the Sixers. But uh, I, Seth Curry's nothing to seize that man. They gave him up, and they also gave up Andre Drummond. And I know, uh, you know, Drummond's got his faults, but I don't even know who the backup center is in in Philadelphia now. I can't I can't think off the top of my head who else they have at the center position. He played really well for them as the backup center, and I'm thinking about if the Sixers make it to the you know. Uh, finals and they have to play the Phoenix Suns, 
who have JaVale McGee and Bismack Biombo and DeAndre Ayton. Uh, I would want that extra big body and Andre Drummond there too. So I think they gave up quite a bit and they gave up a 2022 first round pick unprotected, which I mean, it's probably going to be like pick number, you know, 29 or something. It's not going to be anything that impressive, but it's a first round pick and it's unprotected and a 2027 first round pick also, which is protected. I don't know the protections that one, but uh, I just feel like they gave up quite a bit. But like you said, if they, if the Sixers go on and even get to the finals, if they win the finals, if they win a championship, it's all worth it, right? Um, so I get, so like I said, from a macro sense, I don't think it's a fleecing, but if you look at it in a vacuum, they gave up quite a bit for James Harden. Oh yeah, they they definitely gave up a lot. I I understand swapping Simmons for Harden wasn't going to happen, and they were going going to have to give up some other assets. For me, I was happy that they kept Thibel and moved Curry because to me, you you need that defensive stopper on the perimeter if you have Harden and Embiid. And to me, I think Thibel just kind of fits this team a little bit better. And I know Curry is, has been amazing with Embiid, but Harden's coming in, and between Harden and Embiid, there's not going to be a lot of shots to go around. It's true. So, so to me, you know, Seth Curry, he, he's already 31 years old. So it, it's the price you have to pay to get James Harden for a couple of years. I, For me, and then you brought up Drummond, the backup big spot. To me, I expect them to replace him with someone in the buyout market. You know, maybe they get Paul Millsap. Or wait, they traded. They they already got Paul Millsap. They traded for him. Oh, is that who they right? got? I can't remember. Somebody right. got Paul then, Millsap. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They yeah, get, James they Harden get... and, yeah. You know who they won't have to get in the buyout market? It's Paul Millsap because they already have him. There you go. He's, he's the other guy that came. So maybe, you know. Maybe that's less of a drum roll. I kind of played it up like it was a nothing nothing burger, but maybe it's a something burger. Uh, and he's he's a maybe a quality backup big. We'll see. I, I think Drummond's probably better, but no, it's fair enough. Um, and like I said, if they a lot won, of a lot of Twitter draft nerds were high on Paul Reed coming out of college a couple oh, years true, ago. True, 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 true. And he is on the team, and he has played 19 games this year, starting two. Yeah, I've seen him. Uh, yeah, I've seen him play a few games here and there. Like when Embiid was out and stuff like that, he's not bad. He's not bad. So, and I think they got uh, Charles Bassey too, if I'm not correct. If I'm they, not they do. Yeah. So, so, so maybe, so maybe I they'll love, be set. I love the trade for both teams. Mm-hmm. Um, just can't can't say that enough. I'm glad it got done because as yeah. much as people want to whine about Ben Simmons getting his way or James Harden pouting his way off of two teams. I want to watch good basketball. I want to watch these guys play. I want to yeah. watch these teams compete. And when you look at everything that happened today, the the Eastern Conference playoffs are just – they're going to be a bloodbath. Yeah. An absolute bloodbath. I think this is – and, you know, what we've gone through today, I mean, we said, you know, Milwaukee got stronger. Um, Toronto Raptors got stronger. This makes Philadelphia and Brooklyn both stronger. So all of the Bulls competitors got stronger. Uh, it makes me a little uneasy as a Bulls fan that we didn't get stronger. But I just – I didn't expect us to make a huge splash so it's not really all that concerning but it is a little bit concerning and i think this is also tipping you off trey to the fact that um you know eastern conference gms really saw what we saw what everyone's seen is that the east eastern conference is just wide open i mean there's like three games separating first from sixth place um you know it, it's just it's it, it's so wide open for it's there for the taking so we have several teams just going for it this uh this trade deadline and the bulls weren't one of them uh and i'm okay with that i'm okay with that because i think in order to do that you would have had to give up patrick williams and i know we've talked about this at ad, ad nauseum but i don't want to give up patrick williams i think his uh ceiling is just too high uh for anything that we would th- theoretically get back in a trade um anyways do, do you agree with that I'll, I'll let you do that before we move on 
Yeah, you. Yeah, I'm. I'm right there with you on that. The, the, the uh, in terms of how this affects the Bulls, it's everyone else around them got stronger through trades, and we just have to hope that through getting everyone back and together, they can you know get back to that those top ten offense and top ten defenses. While we're recording this, the Brooklyn Nets are winning 59 to 55 against the Washington Wizards. Both of those teams decimated uh, by their trades, which we'll we'll get to some some other stuff later. But I wanted to just take a moment there and tell you that they actually created a lot of uh, a lot of value in our Thrive Fantasy bets today. So hey, I uh, just want to remind you that we do have a new daily fantasy partner at Sports Ethos, and it's Thrive Fantasy. Prop up with Thrive Fantasy on their mobile app or at thrivefantasy.com. Use code ETHOS when you sign up to get a 100% deposit match bonus on your first deposit. Up to 100 bucks plus either two or four free game tickets to play. Pick player props on the biggest names playing every night. Score points when your props hit, and the players with the most points win a share of the nightly prize money. And check out our Sports Ethos DFS team or podcast for advice on winners. Again, that code is ethos over at thrivefantasy.com. You can use my uh, link in my Twitter bio. I am at Keith on Twitter. You can use my link there to sign up and get your first deposit match and all that good stuff. You actually do get two. I got two $25 tickets to the upcoming Super Bowl NFL uh, thing, which you can win like $20,000 in if you get first place. I mean, there's, a, there's like a million entries, but uh, pretty cool to be able to enter that for free. So uh, go do that. Enter that code. And if you don't get your promo, uh, let me know because I will uh, hook you up with who you need to get with to get that. So, um, but anyways, uh, so yeah, um, both those teams get strong stronger. Let's move on here to the next one, which is the Spurs making another trade here uh, with the Celtics again. So, and this is an interesting one. I know you sent me something about this earlier, Trey, but uh, the Boston Celtics received Derek White, uh, good get for them, man. And the San Antonio Spurs received Josh Richardson. Uh, 2022 first pop, first round pick again, another uh, protected one, but it's only protected one through four. They can get a lot of lottery pick there. And Romeo Langford. I'm going to let you start with this one, Trey. Tell me about those Celtics and uh, and how they won this trade. <laughs> I think Derek White is one of the most underrated players in the NBA. He is one of the best point of attack defenders in the league. As Bulls fans, we, what Caruso has come in and done for this team – He's been doing those same things for San Antonio. And I think what happens is people watch him play and they look at his hairline and, he, you know, he's kind of got that <laughs> sideshow Bob look going and they, they just don't take him serious. But he he's a great creator. He's a great defender. And he's exactly what Boston needs. I'm, I'm trying to look up how old he is now and I can't quite seem to find it because I went to the Spurs page for his information and apparently they've. They, yeah, years. so. So he's 27. He fits that time frame. Him and Marcus Smart are going to just lock people down on the perimeter. And again, as this is a Bulls podcast. We've seen the, the difference in what our defense looks like when we have Lonzo and Caruso out there compared to when we have Io and Kobe or, you know, when we have Kobe and Zach. Having strong point of attack defenders is just so such a godsend to your defense. And Boston is already a top 10 defense. Mm. This is only going to strengthen it. Also, I I had a stat earlier. It's that assist to usage that I bring up all the time. It, it's one of my favorite stats. And um, Derek White has been in the 76th percentile the last two years. He's great at getting assists and not use, you know not hogging the ball. When he's getting the ball, he's getting it to other guys. And that's exactly what Boston needs. Um just an absolute win for for the Celtics. And I think in three years from now, this might be the second trade we l- look back on. 
not Sabonis. I, you know, James Harden and Simmons, it's always this trade deadline will always be defined by that. But I think Derek White might be the second biggest impact player that was moved this trade deadline. Let me ask you a question, Trey. Do you think Derek White starts in the backcourt alongside Marcus Smart? Because they could yeah. theoretically, yeah, because they could theoretically roll out uh, Marcus they, Smart, they, Derek White, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, and then uh, Robert Williams. That yeah. could be the starting five. Jalen Brown could be the worst defender on the team, and he's a, he's an above average defender. That backcourt scares the yeah, it scares the crap out of me. That is a, a delicious defensive backcourt there. Uh, Marcus Smart, obviously, aggressive, fantastic point of attack defender, and so so is Derek White, as you said. Um, yeah, that is that is quite frightening. Uh, they could also go bigger, obviously, with the double bigs as they've been doing with Al Horford and just bring Derek White or Marcus Smart off the bench potentially. Um, we'll have to see how those rotations, uh, you know, play out. But I, I think I'm with you. I think they actually go. Uh, with that three-guard, quote-unquote, lineup, uh, even though I think Jalen Brown, he, he's pretty tall. He's, he's definitely more of a small forward type body, I think. Uh, and you've got, you know, Jason Tatum at power forward, I think, is, is, a, is a big Yeah, Brown one. is 6'7". Yeah, so so that's enough length, I think. I think you can definitely do that, that starting five, and that's really scary. Um, so anyways, uh, the Spurs, uh, another big win for them because, again, they get another 2022 first-round pick. It's not protected. Uh, it's going to be from the Celtics. Uh, probably going to be middle of the range. I mean, you know, somewhere between 15 and 20, maybe, maybe even a little bit lower than that. But uh, depending on how the Celtics do the rest of the season, Romeo Langford is an interesting prospect. Josh Richardson, I would have to figure, doesn't really figure into their plans. Maybe he gets a, some minutes here and there, or maybe they uh, wave him. I, I don't know if they're going to or not. But uh, but it's all about that pick, I think. And, and you can see that the Spurs are really taking a direction here uh, with a rebuild, which, uh, you know, I was predicting that would happen last season when they had DeMar DeRozan. I thought they could have gotten a lot of good draft capital for DeMar DeRozan. Didn't do it, but uh, happy to see them finally hit that reset button this year, Trey. Um, give me some some quick thoughts on the, on the Spurs. Getting that pick unprotected was the heat was the win for them the spurs have shown they have a talent to draft in that middle range that you know they just they just drafted what Dejounte murray mm-hmm. um devin vassell i think was kind of a later later pick they've sh- they have a history of being able to find these guys in the teens and turning them into stars i think Kawhi was like the 14th pick something like that they they know what they're doing with those picks kind of like the raptors the heat some teams, middle of the pack first round picks are more valuable than others because other teams are going to waste them on guys like Poku. So, to me, this is a huge win for the Spurs. Uh, I don't, I don't want to call it a huge win because I really like what Derek White does, yeah. but it's, it's a win for them. It's a step in the right direction, and I, it's nice. I, like you said, I'm glad to see them kind of maybe starting to bottom out a little bit because. If Popovich is going to be around for like the next five years, I'd like to see him with an up and coming team before before he leaves. But like you see, yeah, like you said, um, Derek White is 27, so it doesn't quite fit the timeline for the Spurs. They're looking more of like a Devin Vassell, uh, you know, Keldon Johnson, uh, you know, whoever else. I mean, it, they're just looking at younger people, and I, I think 27 is kind of hitting that edge where it's like, okay, we can either flip this guy now. Uh, or let him play for us for another year and then flip him next year. So we might as well get, you know, flip him now if we're going to get a first rounder, which I think totally makes total sense. So, um, and it also, it also does good by Derek White because yeah. it, it's not a contract year. He's signed for the next four, but the Spurs have traditionally done a good job of taking care of their guys. So, so great, yeah. great trade overall, both sides. 
Yeah, good both sides. Bulls implications. I mean, the, the Celtics just get scarier. Um, I think the Celtics are really starting to play well recently. Uh, and man, they, they can be another scary team. The, the Celtics are a plus two. So that's, uh, I think, four teams now, Trey, that we've said have, have gotten better now. Uh, and, and the Bulls kind of stood pat. But again, Bulls just have people out. We're going to get people back. I mean, that is really a, a reality here. So um, can't judge it too much yet. But uh, but that is scary for us, I would think. Um Next trade. It, a little. Uh, this is interesting because it's got two guys in it that I wanted the Bulls to get. Uh, the the uh, Pacers receive Jalen Smith in a future second round pick. Uh, they're, I think, going to waive Jalen Smith, or they have already. I, I don't understand why they are, but uh, anyways, Jalen Smith, future second round pick, and then Phoenix Suns receive Torrey Craig. He goes back to the Phoenix Suns, uh, where he was, played well for them in the playoffs, and uh, he's going to do well again. I love I love Torrey Craig. You know you know my Torrey Craig love. I was hoping the Bulls would go out and get this guy. Uh, it looks like it did cost him a future second and a developing player, which is a little bit pricey, so I can see why the Bulls wouldn't jump on it. I am confused, Trey, why the Pacers are waiving Jalen Smith. They don't want to even give him uh, – he's, he's expiring at the end of this year, so I can understand that they might not he might not be in their future plans, but I don't see why you don't, you don't play the guy, see what he's got, and then maybe extend him in the offseason. So Jalen Smith had his rookie option turned down. I, I don't know the intricacies of the CBA well enough for that to be able to just rattle off the top of my head. To me, it sounds like something where, depending on what that has to do with what is allowed extension-wise and money-wise, it sounds like the Pacers just weren't going to be in a position to offer him a contract this year. And to me, I guess, if you are if you literally have no intention of having him around and you know you're not going to have the money to keep him, I guess it's one of those, we're going to do you the solid, you can go somewhere else because you're not going to be here. Rather than, you know, having him take up minutes that you can use for someone else to see what you've got in your guys. Because you, you've got Duarte, you've got Halliburton. Now, you have a lot of new pieces you want to try and fit in. So if if you have people around that aren't going to be there, I, I guess I can understand the concept of, well, if you're not going to be here next year, we don't need you this year. Yeah, and I'm trying to see um, – I am I can't remember exactly where I saw that on Twitter, but I did see somewhere it was an official – I can't remember an official account of some kind that said um, they're likely to waive him. I don't believe they have waived him yet. I'm looking for that now. I don't see it. So maybe they do hang on to him. But uh, but you have, you make a good point there, Trey, that uh, it, it just works for both parties. And, and really, they wanted that future second uh, more than anything. All they gave up was Torrey Craig, which isn't going to help them this year. Uh, and they want to give Isaiah Jackson some run. They're going to obviously hang on to Miles Turner. They probably want to see those two play next to each other to see if that works out. So. Uh, you know, it's a little bit of addition by subtraction if they end up not uh, hanging on Jalen Smith and that they get to see those guys play a little bit more uh, next to each other. But, yeah, I, I think this is good uh, for both sides, obviously. Suns uh, just gives them some more depth. Torrey Craig played well for them. Uh, not really much much else to add there. Jalen Smith, like I said, I, I love him. Uh, if Indiana keeps him, I'd be great. If he, if he gets waived, I hope the Bulls consider looking at him. You know, I think he's a great uh, – he can hit threes. Um, defensively, maybe a little bit questionable, but he hits threes, he rebounds the basketball, he can dribble it up the court, has good handles uh, in the open court for a big man. Uh, the future second-round pick, though, I think is what Indiana is all about. So not a ton of uh, implications here for the Bulls, Trey, but obviously these are two guys, Jalen Smith and Torrey Craig, that I was hoping the Bulls would look at. And uh, they might have, have a chance at Jalen Smith. Would you take him if they, if they do end up waving him? Oh, I mean, of course. Why not? You might as well throw yeah. a flyer on him. Um, 
So really, really what it comes down to, more than likely, the fact that the Bulls jumped the gun on Lonzo Ball probably cost them a chance to get Torrey Craig. Because mm-hmm. the Bulls have Derek Jones Jr., 9.7 expiring. They they could have been in the running for Torrey Craig if they had that a second round pick, you know, in the next couple of years to throw that way. But they just that it wasn't an asset they had because the league took it. So mm-hmm. uh, well worth Lonzo Ball, well worth the price of maybe not getting Torrey Craig for a run. But I just I kind of thought that was interesting, uh, an interesting way to look at it, mm-hmm. and and something that other places might not be because. I think Torrey Craig would have been a great fit for the Bulls. And when we look at the Bulls' implications on this, I think it is this is the one missed opportunity, really, for me. And I think it comes down to, the. I think the league taking that second-round pick, while, you know, we joked and we laughed about it, I think it might have actually came back to bite them a little bit here. Yeah, yeah that's a good point, Trey. So uh, in case you're listening out there and, and aren't entirely clear on what Trey's talking about, it's um, the Bulls were caught for tampering. Uh, obviously, the Lonzo Ball trade was announced within, I don't know, 30 seconds of, of free agency opening. Uh, and the league said there's no way that could have happened that fast. And so they find us. Uh, well, they took they took away a second round pick from us for uh, for that tampering. So, uh, yeah, it could have been something we could have thrown for a, a Tory Craig here and, and we just didn't have it. Uh, OK. Next trade here, and this is a kind of a precursor to a bigger trade, but uh, Charlotte Hornets get Montrez Harrell, and the Washington Wizards get Ish Smith and Vernon Carey. Um, Charlotte gets a center. Uh, not the not the guy I'm looking for, for if I'm Charlotte though. I don't. I, Charlotte just has no interest in playing defense. Trey, uh, I don't think Montrez Harrell is the guy I would have put at the top of my list for the Charlotte Hornets. What about you? N- yeah, the the same exact reaction you had. They got a center. I just don't know that they got the right center. And I mean, I would, I would almost rather play because Mason Plumlee's there and he's been playing well. I would almost rather play Mason Plumlee than Manchester Earl. I mean, Manchester Earl can come off the bench and score points, and that's fine. But I I just don't I don't think it fills the need that they're looking for. M- me either, really. Uh, they they really did need another big. To have uh, P.J. Washington, I just he plays more like a four than a five, and I guess having Harrell, he can be your backup five. But to me, I just yeah yeah, it's a pretty meh thing. And uh, Ish Smith is probably going to be the starting point guard for the Washington Wizards now after uh, another trade we're going to talk about in a minute here. Uh, so Ish Smith, he's a good player. He's fine. Uh, Vernon Carey, I know that you know he's kind of a young guy and, and he's got some upside, but um, I think Wizards are more interested in getting off of Harrell's contract, which they had a little bit of buyer's remorse there. Um, so it's really just about that. The Wizards seem to be gearing up. Uh, well, well, we'll talk about it in a minute, another trade that happens, obviously. They got, they got Christoph Porzingis, but uh, they seem to be gearing up to try to extend Bradley Beal and maybe get another player to, to pair alongside uh, Christoph Porzingis and Bradley Beal. So I think it's more about a money thing here uh, than anything else. What do you think? Yeah, more than likely. Uh, I haven't had a chance to dive in to the financial specifics of the Porzingis trade yet and just kind of really take in everything that happened today. So when you say they're lining up to, to add someone to Beal and Porzingis, that if that is something they're able to line up, that's a great, I think that's a smart move by Washington because then even if you do end up losing Beal, it's easy to blow it up. 
And I believe the rumor is that Bradley Beal is going to turn down his play. I believe is a player option. Uh, I might be totally off base on this, but I, I, it's like rattling around in my brain right now. Um, I believe he says he's going to turn down his player option so, and become a free agent. So um, they're just trying to entice him, I think, to stay there. And uh, Christoph Porzingis, while he's hurt all the time and that's really rough, they didn't give up a whole lot to get him. Let's just talk about that. Uh, the, the the Wizards also gave up Aaron Holiday to the uh, Phoenix Suns uh, for nothing, basically, for cash considerations and a trade exception. So, again, that's just clearing cap space, I would think. Uh, and then the big one here is uh, Wizards getting Kristaps Porzingis and a future second-round pick, and they give up Spencer Dinwiddie and Davis Bertans. Uh, just Wow. I, I, and I know you said this really kind of flabbergasted you, Trey, and uh, kind of blindsided me, too. I didn't think Christoph Porzingis would be traded today. Um, but here you go. Here, the, now you have it. And uh, like I said, we're talking about the Wizards already. Let's just keep talking in that vein. Um, it's just about appeasing, I think, Bradley Beal and getting him a better running mate than Dinwiddie. Dinwiddie, I think we all knew, was going to be a horrible, horrible, horrible pairing with Bradley Beal. Uh, turned out to be true. Davis Bertans was a terrible, terrible, terrible contract, which I was all over that when that happened. I said that's an awful contract to give that guy, even though he was having a historic season shooting the ball from three. So they get out from the Harold, Dinwiddie, and Bertans contracts, and they get Kristaps Porzingis. Eh, not bad, right? Yeah, I really like the move for Washington. I think it's a, I think it's a great move. I didn't really understand what Dallas is doing. I'm not sure yeah. <laughs> who, who are they playing at center now. Uh, D- Dwight Powell. Dwight Powell. <laughs> Dwight Powell. Um, I mean, he he has been better with them ramping up their kind of defensive scheme. So maybe they think he's the long term answer. Um, for me, I just I really thought that Porzingis was starting to come into his own. I wonder with Dinwiddie coming in, is uh, Brunson going to be someone that they look to resign this year, or is he maybe on his way out? I know I saw Dorian Finney-Smith had already yeah. agreed to an extension, so yes. it looks like the Mavericks are just kind of locking in with with this team that they've got. Yeah. Now, well, they're with- they're playing well. They're playing well, and I think um, and Stephen Bagel was on the trade deadline show with me earlier, and he did mention this, and I think that's what it's all about, Trey, is that they just want to clear up that space to be able to. Uh, extend Dorian Finney-Smith and uh, Jalen Brunson. I think there's maybe one other name that that's an expiring contract for them. Um, obviously, they lost Tim Hardaway Jr. The rumors were that they were shopping him hard, but they couldn't move him. He's injured, so it didn't. That doesn't really surprise me. Um, so I think it was really just about just getting Kristaps out of there so that they could extend these guys they got. Because like I said, they're playing well, uh, winning games now. Uh, Luca's the man, but yeah, they've got so many guards and I know we were talking about Goran Dragic earlier and, you know, he wants to join his Slovenian, uh, you know, guy over there than Luca, uh, in Dallas, but I, I just don't see it happening with, I mean, they've got, you know, so many guards now they've got Jalen Brunson, they've got Spencer Dinwiddie, they've got, um, I, I just, I just don't, don't see it happening. What about you? Oh, I, I'd almost guarantee he ends up there. You think so? You, you said they've got Brunson, they've got Dinwiddie. I, yeah, I'm uh, trying to think who else they have there, but I know that they've just. I mean, I mean they've, they've got like they've got Trey Burke, they've got Josh Green, they've got Luca, they've got Dwight Powell, um, Bullock, and then the rest are bigs. So to me, in terms of point guards, you've got Brunson and Dinwiddie, and then Drogic if he comes. So I think you can play Brunson at the two, and I think that that Drogic. I mean, he hasn't played all year because he wanted to play with Luca like this. This has been his in-game goal since for the entire year. So, to me, I'm not sure sure where else he would go. I think it's I think it's either here or Miami because yeah, he's been practicing Miami. in he's been practicing in Miami. 
and their point guard depth is a little bit less. But to Mm. me, I'd I'd bet 85%. I I would lean 85% he ends up a Maverick if I had to bet. Yeah, it's uh, I mean, it's possible. It's possible. Um, and, then, and when you said we're saying point guards, I mean, I would include Luka Doncic as a point guard there. Now, how do you think about the uh, the pairing, the Luka Doncic and Spencer Dinwiddie? That is uh, just a dreadful pairing, if, if I'm at. I, I mean, Dinwiddie needs the ball in his hands. Doncic needs the ball in his hands. I just don't see how that works out well for, for either of them. So uh, even though I think... It, they did uh, – I, I, yeah, I don't really understand what they're doing, Trey. <laughs> I mean, I think Dinwiddie comes off the bench. Um, yeah, sure. To me, like Brunson and Brunson and Luka have been playing well. And I also view Luka as a point guard on the offense, but in terms of his size and who he's guarding, like you, you can play two guards next to Luka, no problem. Yeah. So uh, that – whenever I was factoring in Goran coming in, that that's kind of where my mind was on Luka, even though – even though we all know that Luca's going to have the ball. So, yeah, for me, I feel like Dinwiddie, he's got the next two years on his contract. The third year's partially guaranteed. I, I'd almost expect him to maybe be moved in the offseason. Uh, I just, I, unless Brunson doesn't resign, I think, I think he might be the Brunson um, insurance because while they were able to lock up Smith, they weren't able to lock up Brunson. The Knicks are expected to be really, really interested in him. So, if, if someone throws Brunson a crazy contract that the Mavericks don't want to match, maybe they just let Brunson go because they have Dinwiddie. Possible, possible. Um, the other thing is that, uh, you know, they broke up that Porzingis contract into two smaller contracts, so uh, those will be easier for them to move. But, uh, yeah, for the Wizards, I, I do like what they did. I don't think there's any uh, issue for the Bulls this year. There's no, nothing, you know, I don't think they're going to be uh, – Maybe they make the play-in uh, if, if Porzingis even plays. I think, honestly, Porzingis probably sits the rest of the season and they just uh, end up getting a good pick, wait till Beal comes back next season, wait till Porzingis is all the way healed up, and then they just go for it next season. After they add another star, I would think that they'd have uh, money to do that. So, um, so yeah, I, I don't think uh, the Wizards are really anything to worry about this season. I actually think, if anything, they, they kind of went down uh, as far as their, their roster goes. So uh, let's move on, though. The Celtics. Uh, getting Daniel Tice back, getting your guy Daniel Tice, our guy, our Bulls guy here. Uh, Houston gets Dennis Schroeder, uh, Ennis Freedom, and Bruno Fernando. And I know Houston, I think that they already waived Dennis Schroeder. Uh, they definitely waived Ennis Freedom. Um, what do you think here, man? Uh, Boston getting Daniel Tice. Pretty good depth for them at the uh, power forward center positions, right? Loved it. Absolutely yeah. loved it. The Celtics players all love playing with Tice. We got to see why for a short time in Chicago. Just an absolute, a great move. Really glad to see Houston do the right thing for Tice because they signed him not realizing how good Shingun was going to come in and be. And they just kind of, they're both kind of the same players. And when, when you're a rebuilding team like that, you're going to play the rookie. You're not going to play the veteran. So to see him get to go back to Boston, just, I, I love the trade overall. I just, I thought it was a really good move. Yeah, uh, I agree. Uh, I think it's totally fine from the Boston standpoint. I think Houston's totally fine too. They're just getting rid of uh, you know a guy that doing right by a guy that uh, didn't have any any place in their plans for the future. So pretty pretty good deal both sides. I think we can move on here though, buddy. Um, I think that's it. That's actually the last one on this list here. I don't uh, if I missed one, I apologize, but uh, that's it. But what let's transition here, Trey, to talking about the buyout market. Um, Wait, wait, real quick, though, before we go away from trades. 
this whole time we kept saying, you know, the Bulls didn't do anything. I'm I'm very happy. I'm very content with what the Bulls did. Is there was there any trade out there that you wish they would have done? Like, is there is there a player you wish they would have moved? Is there something you wish they would have done? When you look back at this trade deadline, do you do you say to yourself, I'm happy with the Bulls, but because the only but I had was the Tory Craig. Yeah. And that's the for main me, one that immediately jumps to my mind too. Go ahead, sorry. Oh, I was gonna say, and for me, that one was just kind of the lack of having the assets to throw at it. Yeah. But but that that was the big one for me. That was the one that stuck out. Well, I think um I think Jalen Smith had suitors, so I think I think it was too high of an asking price, honestly, at the end of the day. Even if we had that second-round pick, you'd probably have to pair it with someone like, um, I don't know, maybe you can get away with like a Troy Brown Jr. Uh, or something like that, which I just don't, I just don't know if that's worth it to, to go get Torrey Craig. Um, I think at the end of the day, I'd probably go and do it because he fills a, a better space for us than like a Torrey Brown or uh, – or Troy Brown, I'm sorry, or um, – uh, I mean, Derek Jones Jr. If you, if you happen to get away with it, I don't think the salaries match. But, uh, but no, I, you know, to answer your question, not really. There's, there's not really one that jumps out at me and says, man, the Bulls really slot into, you know, a great spot here where they could have gotten this guy or, or whatever, and they had the assets and the, and the correct things. Like, I don't want Chris Porzingis if he was available. I mean, he's injured all the time. Why, why do I want him? And I'd have to give up way too much salary to get him. Uh, Montrezl Harrell, I'm not interested in having him on a team that's terrible defensively. Uh, Jalen Smith and Torrey Craig, those are the two guys that, you know, high on my list of guys that I wanted. So I'd love to have been involved in that. Um, but I just don't think it worked out. I think that the, the trade that happened uh, was just too pricey uh, for the Bulls. So, uh, But back at you, man. Anything that besides that? I know you already said the same one, basically. But any other ones that pop out to you or names that pop out to you that you think, oh, man, the Bulls could use that? No, not, nothing else really jumped out to me. What uh, about Bull Bull? They could have gotten Bull Bull for a future second-round pick. Come on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, um, no. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I was very happy, but I've been very, I've been on the, the keep it together bandwagon. You know, I was big on don't trade Kobe White. I've, I've been that guy who values his guys too much, probably. So before we moved off of trades, I just wanted, I wanted to have that last little, that last little nail in the coffin. So yeah. trade season, it's done. They weren't, they were Everyone gave everyone away. And uh, speaking of giving, uh, stop giving your personal information to your ISP. On top of overcharging, your ISP is allowed to legally sell your browsing history to third-party advertisers for a ton of cash. Take your privacy back with ExpressVPN. Head to our uh, special promotional link at expressvpn.com slash hoopball to get three bonus months on a 12-month subscription. It's super easy. Turning it on takes just one click, and it works great with streaming services like Netflix or sports packages like League Pass 2. Once more, that's expressvpn.com slash Hoopball, H-O-O-P-B-A-L-L. So go grab those three bonus months right now and use that uh, VPN there so you can watch all those League Pass games and all that good stuff. But yeah, Trey, that's uh, that's going to bring us to the conclusion of the trade season. Uh, going to transition here. we got maybe about 10 minutes left here to talk about the buyout, potential buyout market. We don't know who's bought out just yet. Um, but I do have a handy list here from the Athletic NBA, uh, at, at the Athletic NBA on Twitter. They put together a nice little solid graphic here of guys that are potentially going to be uh, bought out. Let me read these to you, Trey. And uh, when I'm done, just keep in mind some people that jump out to you that you'd like to add. John Wall. Bought out by the Rockets. Gary Harris from the Magic. Oren Dragic from the Spurs. Eric Bledsoe from the Trailblazers. Robin Lopez from the Magic. 
Corey Joseph from the Pistons, Ennis Freedom from the Rockets, Tristan Thompson from the Pacers, Paul Millsap from the Sixers, and Mike Muscala from the Thunder. Uh, again, Ennis Freedom is the only one I think that's actually been waived or bought out in this list, but this is a list of people that the Athletic thinks are likely, uh, oh, this is according to John Hollinger at the Athletic, are likely to be bought out. So any of those names jump out to you, Trey? I wrote down Lopez, Thompson, Millsap, and Muscala. All You're looking bigs. bigs. You're looking big, yep. yeah. All bigs, yeah. two, two and a half can shoot the three. Um, Thompson, the one being the one that can't. Really, it, it's all about size for me. And Enos Freedom is the only one I didn't write down. His complete lack of defense, along with his complete lack of self-awareness, just completely turns me off of him. I I don't want to have to root for that guy. So <laughs> I don't think he'd be an asset. And You don't like CPAC freedom? Th- Come on now. <laughs> right. Adding those two things together, it's just a no-go for me. So if we could get Lopez, Thompson, Millsap, or Mascala on the buyout market, that would just be a huge win for the Bulls, in my opinion. Yeah, um, I would love to see a re- reunion with Robin Lopez. I loved him when he was here. I think he's just got a, he's just a f- hilarious guy, first of all, first and foremost, and that's that's important to me because I like to laugh. Uh, but no, he's he's a decent center too. I mean, I think, <coughs> excuse me, I think he's um, got some deficiencies as a defensive end, honestly, too. If I'm being quite honest, I, th- I think he's an okay rim protector. Um, he makes he has some lapses on the defensive end, in my opinion. On offense, he's actually better than people think he is. Uh, but he needs the ball in his hands to do it. So he's not the best uh, option in the world, but I would I would still love uh, a reunion with him. Uh, he's, he's obviously better than Tony Bradley. I mean, come on. Uh, and then the other guy I think that jumped out to me here is Tristan Thompson, who I think actually is probably uh, just a peg higher than Robin Lopez for me, just because he brings that one-dimensional rebounding uh, defense type game, which I think just complements, uh, you know, Vucevic so well. I think it's, you know, you bring that in and it's just a different speed from Vuce. And I think that's really what this team is missing is just somebody that's going to you know, knock people down at the at the rim, uh, be a, just a tenacious border. We saw what he did with the Cleveland Cavaliers when LeBron was there. So uh, I'm with you on those being the top targets. I have a couple of I have a little bit of interest, too, in the guards, too. Uh, if they're going to be bought out, we can get them, you know, as like kind of rentals until Lonzo Ball's back. Uh, Corey Joseph, I've always been on that bandwagon. I, I like him a lot. And I do have some interest also in Goran Dragic if he you know, ends up wanting to come here, I, I come to the Chicago Bulls. I, I don't think he does. I think you're right. I think he goes to Miami or, or Dallas. Um, I, I think he probably goes to Miami personally, but um, Dallas, I could see that happening too. Um, but if he's, if he's willing, man, you know, that's a great, great uh, guy to have just until Lonzo Ball gets back and then some great depth once Ball is back, right? Yeah, I'm just worried about having too many guards once everyone gets back, but if you're getting someone off the buyout market, they're probably they have to come in knowing, hey, eventually I'm probably not going to be getting a lot of minutes. So Joseph probably would have been the guy I wrote down. Drogic, again, I've just kind of I've kind of just settled on the fact he's probably not coming here. So I, I don't want to get my hopes up because I do think he would be an excellent guy to have around. I think he's I think he's one of those point guards who does a good job of running a team, and that's just one of those things that it seemed like every point guard could do it there, you know, 20 years ago. And now it's a rarity that a point guard can kind of get everyone else involved and run a team. So I'd like to see them. But for me, the buyout market, it's really about the bigs. Yeah, um, that is the first and foremost thing. The only thing about the guards that I'm looking at, Trey, um, it just makes me uncomfortable. I don't, especially with Iowa and the concussion protocol, I know he's questionable for the next game. So he'll be back shortly. But 
Um, I just don't. I still don't necessarily buy Io in that full-time point guard role. I know I'm I'm in the minority there. I know I've gotten some I wouldn't say flack, but I've had some conversations with people on Twitter about uh, Io versus Lonzo Ball, who's better for for Vucevic and who has a better rapport. And I think um, I could be convinced that Io has a better rapport with Vucevic, and I think he's been a fantastic distributor. Um, but I, I just don't know if I buy him as as a full-time point guard. And Kobe White, I really don't buy as a full-time starting point guard. So uh, I just feel like we're still a little bit thin there. And, that, I mean, that's a byproduct of being down Lonzo Ball and also Alex Caruso, who both would be guys that I would ha- put ahead of those other two guys as far as starting point guard for us. So it, I would take a one-year rental on a guy at point guard. Um, but do you feel differently about that? Do I feel differently about which part? about uh having a one-year rental at the point guard position do you feel do you feel we you feel that we have too many guards yeah i mean if everyone's healthy i think we have too many guards i i like io as the backup point guard i do think lonzo is is the better point guard but i do i think there is the argument to be made that lonzo doesn't run the pick and roll a lot he's not in the in the half court sets he's not the dominant point guard. He's not, you know, he's not the guy starting the actions. He, he is a great, you know, he's great getting the ball and making that connective pass or, you know, seeing the defense isn't there and taking the open shot. But I do think IO is the better point guard in terms of running the pick and roll and starting the offense. And that maybe that comes from doing it so much at Illinois over the last three years with Kofi Cockburn. And, but to me, I, I do think there is the argument for that. I just think there's, so when we're healthy, we've got Lonzo and Caruso. We've got um, – I mean, when we're healthy, let's say Patrick Williams is around too. So, you know, you've got – your starters are what? Lonzo and Zach. And then you've got our, you've got Caruso, Green, Io, Kobe White. Like that's that's just a lot of depth at the guard position to be bringing in somebody who is coming in off a buyout market expecting to get – you know, 10, 15 minutes a game. Uh, that's true. That's true. Um, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily call Javante. I know he is technically a guard, but Javante Green in his position with us, I, I wouldn't call him a guard. He's, he's been playing power forward, small forward for us. So um, I'm looking more at like ball security and, you know, breaking down presses, especially when late in games, we, we already have problems with it, with dealing with, you know, pressure up the court. Uh, and it, it just drives me nuts sometimes. So I wouldn't mind getting an extra guard. So, uh, if they don't, it's not gonna it's not gonna break me though, Trey. So it's okay. Uh, but that's gonna be it, man. That's gonna do it for us. It was an exciting trade deadline. Lots and lots of trades, lots of action. Uh, Bulls didn't get on it, but uh, that's not that's that's okay. We're we're okay. Everything's gonna be fine, Bulls Nation. Uh, we're, we're 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 set, man. We're we're fine. Uh, but before we do sign off, I want to also uh, remind you all to use coupon code Hoopball20 at Manscaped.com for 20% off your order and free shipping. And also check out our pals at mybookie.ag. Use code hoopball on the third page of sign up to unlock deposit match bonuses there as well no game tonight for the bulls obviously but they do play tomorrow and i believe saturday too they have a back-to-back coming up so we'll be talking to you guys shortly uh, until then i am keith cork you can find me on twitter at, at bsbp keith trey where can the people find you on twitter at final finally and please follow the show, guys, at Ethos Bulls. I see a lot of people following us recently, so thank you all of our new followers. Um, tell your friends, just just get this to grow, man. We're at like 300 followers, 305 now. Um, it's growing, but we would love to see it grow some more. So at Ethos Bulls, go give us a follow there. But until next time, go Bulls!